0: This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com Funding for this class is provided by Benjamin Aghyeh and family in loving memory of Raphael, son of Chacham Rabbi Chia. Lessons in Tanya The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg Just to touch again the end of chapter 10 He discussed the uh, tzaddik versus the non-tzaddik. Within the tzaddik itself, he said you have two different levels of the tzaddik. The tzaddik is like the perfect Jew. And within the tzaddik itself, you have the incomplete tzaddik and you have the complete tzaddik. And um, he discussed the conflict, the inner conflict between the godly soul and the ego, the animal soul, the natural soul, which we're we're all born. this inherent conflict. And in the moment we're born, we have this inner conflict and a struggle. We have the saint within us, and we have uh, the opposite, and we are pulled in all different directions. We're not schizophrenic, it's two different forces within us, two different centers of operation, motivations, drives, two souls, two different beings. We have a divine soul, a godly soul, and then we have an ego soul, an animal soul, a natural soul. and. Um, each soul wants to completely dominate the person. The animal soul wants to completely dominate the person, and the godly soul wants us to wants to completely dominate the person. That the person should actively lead a healthy, wholesome life. A think like a Jew, speak like a Jew, and act like a Jew. And this this constant struggle. Then he continued that in addition to that, the godly soul is actually much more ambitious than that. In addition. In addition to wanting to be the only, um, the sole con- control of the entire person, that the person should basically express only the desires and the uh, uh, of the godly soul. In addition to that, the godly soul is actually much more ambitious than that. The godly soul wants to transform the animals, the ego. But not only to subdue the ego, the godly soul is not happy it's just subduing the ego. Suppressing the ego. He actually wants to transform the ego. And the way the godly soul succeeds in transforming the ego is by appealing to the the essence of the ego. The essence of the ego is not negative. It's just a neutral force. It's a powerful energy. A person wants to have fun. A person is looking for thrill. A person is looking for entertainment. A person is looking to have a good time. Naturally, we associate thrill, fun, excitement, entertainment with with materialism. But the truth is, if a person is really looking for passion, for vitality, for life, you have to go to the source of life. The more connected you are to the source of life, the more vital, the more passionate, the more alive you are. So when you realize that deep down, what are you really looking for in life? You're really looking for passion, life, vitality. Where are you going to find that? You're not going to find that in materialism. Nothing materialistic, nothing external can passively satisfy you. On the contrary, the more you satisfy, the more you indulge, the hungrier you become. The more you realize how empty it is and how superficial it is. It just makes you hungrier. It's like junk food. The more junk food you eat, the hungrier you get. Because it doesn't satisfy you. There's no substance there. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing nutritious. It's pure junk. But of course, you know, fat-free, taste-free, the drunkier it is, the tastier it is, and it's just it's seductive and addictive. And, but it, it's, a, it's a dead end. It leads to nowhere. It's a road to nowhere. So when you realize that, what are you really looking for in life? You're looking for that energy, that energy you're only going to find with wholesome things, with godly things, the more connected you are, the more alive you'll feel, the more whole you'll feel. So you can, you can actually turn around the animal soul, the ego, you can actually harness that energy. Instead of just suppressing and subduing the ego, you actually turn around that that energy. Then he discussed the complete tzaddik, the perfect tzaddik, the ideal. Because on this level, even on the level of the incomplete tzaddik, where you can actually transform the enemy into a friend, turn around the animal soul, turn around that energy, harness that energy, but nevertheless you're appealing to the core and essence of the animal soul and you're elevating it you're trying to elevate it you're trying to change it so you you're only reaching you're only reaching a the part of the animal soul that has the ability or the potential to be elevated which is its core. It's a bundle of energy, and it's looking for energy, and responds to energy. So if you can turn it around and help it realize that there are sorts of energy ultimately is godliness, then even the animal soul will desire to connect. And, uh, and so then the person, not only will the person do the right thing, a person won't even be tempted to do the wrong thing. Matter of fact, you'll be tempted to do the right thing. That you'll, you'll pursue godly things, and kind deeds, and goodness, and godly things. You'll pursue it wholeheartedly, both with your animal soul and with with your godly soul. All roads will lead to Jerusalem. Every part of you will be pulling in the same direction. That's the ideal. That's the ultimate. But nevertheless, even in that case, in the best case scenario, you're only reaching that part of the the animal soul that could be turned around, that could be a vessel, a vehicle for a meaningful life, for something meaningful and, and valuable, and you can elevate it, you can transform it, you can elevate it, which is really what education is all about. You, it's self-education, you educate yourself. Educate yourself is not to suppress yourself, your individuality, your personality, character around the country. Real education is to harness it. Take that energy, you know, when, you, when you're especially educating teenagers. Teenagers have this raw energy. Ideal is ideal education, not to suppress the teenager, not to suppress the child, but to Help the child, teach the child to help themselves and to transform. Take that raw energy, take that powerful energy and use it, use it for use it in the positive. Let them use their personality and, and their character and their uniqueness and and harness it for, for for the good. So that's the whole purpose of education is to reach the person, appeal to their not just to appeal to their noble selves, but even to take that raw energy. A raw, egotistical, untamed, wild, untamed energy, and even appeal to the, its essence, which is really searching for something, for something meaningful, for something deeper than just superficial. So, but nevertheless, you're just reaching that part that has the potential to be elevated. But the negative itself does not have—you don't have the ability to elevate, to transform the negative into positive. And this leads us to the highest level, the complete tzaddik, the perfect Jew, the one or two in in every generation. The complete tzaddik, like in the level of Rabbi Shimon Barayechoy, the author of the Zohar, he had the ability to transform the negative into positive, the bitterness into sweetness. He had the ability to not just to bring light into this world and not just to, to dig like when you dig for a well, you dig into the ground and you discover living fresh waters. If you remove the schmutz, you remove the, da- the dirt, and you dig deep enough, you'll discover fresh living waters. So he had he had the ability to transform the world as is, and to transform the world as is and turn it around, and into a and transform it into, into a into a godly place. This is the whole purpose of the tzaddik. The tzaddik, who doesn't even have a trace of ego left in him, is totally transformed. His, his being has been a core transformation. His whole being is godliness. So the, the complete tzaddik, the perfect tzaddik, his entire life is dedicated to, not to self-fulfillment, even spiritual self-fulfillment. Or, or to achieve a personal connection, or a higher level of consciousness, or to achieve a depth, a mystical depth in his life, or to a, a mystical experience. But the perfect, complete sadhak is thinking about one thing. He has one thing in his mind. And his, he's dedicated, totally selflessly dedicated. His whole goal in life is to, to stir up a a godly revelation and um, because God's purpose is to bring to reveal the essence of God in this world and when you reveal the essence of God in this world since there is no other reality but God's everything is essentially godly. so when you connect with the essence of God you can transform negative into positive because everything is really godly it doesn't appear that way but the truth is that at the core at the essence everything is truly godly. so the tzaddik's mission in life the perfect tzaddik the complete tzaddik his mission in life is his his goal is to stir up something something that's 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 not human in the sense that there's no human fingerprints in there to stir up an intense divine response And by evoking an intense divine response, you reveal, you bring down, you reveal the essence of God in everything. The complete tzaddik works very hard. And he works. But he realizes that everything that he's doing, is all he's trying to do is to tease out, to tease, and to evoke a response from God. Because only the essence of God could be found everywhere. It's not a human accomplishment. No human being... To draw down the essence of God in something material, in something physical. Or to transform negative into positive. It's impossible. Negative is negative and positive is positive. Bitterness is bitterness and sweetness is sweetness. How do you transform? The bitterness itself should become sweet. The negative itself should become positive. The physical, the material should actually become sacred and divine and holy. It's not within a human ability. It's a purely divine, only the essence of God. Only God, since God is the core and essence of everything. So therefore, when you touch the essence of God, when, there, when you are able to evoke a, a response, when God stirs, so to speak, when God stirs, suddenly you can discover God even in the physical. Suddenly the, the bitterness itself turns into sweetness. The harshness itself turns into, into sweetness. The negative itself turns into The darkness itself turns into light. This, isn't, this is out of the realm of, of a human, of a finite being, of an angel, a human. This is purely in the realm of God himself, the very essence of God. So the complete tzaddik, who's totally dedicated and devoted, his motivation, his eye, he has his eye on the goal. His goal, his purpose, is one purpose. He's not interested in anything that's finite, limited, human, no matter how noble it may be, higher levels of consciousness and deep mystical experiences, that's all surface. He wants, he's searching for something much, much more profound, much deeper than that. He wants to touch the essence of God. So what makes, by definition, I think you said in every generation there are one or two sadhikas. Well, what makes someone, and you not, where's the definition? Okay, so... Even on the minimal, the lowest level of a tzaddik, a definition of a tzaddik, which already excludes 99.9% of us, if not higher, a tzaddik has no evil inclination. A tzaddik has no temptation for anything materialistic. It's not that he has to struggle with it. How do you know that? How is that manifest? A person could experience it himself. Like, we're all tempted. You know, we, we, we're drawn, we're tempted to eat junk food, we're tempted to do certain things that are self-destructive, but we could discipline ourselves. doesn't mean we have to indulge. We can, we can alter our behavior. There are millions of people who have self-control, who have awareness, who have a presence of mind. God gave us that ability. We're not animals. We don't have to automatically follow our instincts. We don't have to lead a self-destructive life, a futile life, a meaningless life. We have the ability, the self-discipline. If we value something, if we value our lives, we don't want to eat junk food. Or we don't want to destroy our lives. Okay. We want to, So that we, do, we all have the ability. Not 100%. All of us have the ability to control our behavior, to discipline ourselves, to lead a disciplined life. Just like you have junk food, you have junk lifestyle. A, uh, a Jew who lives a Jewish lifestyle. It's uplifting. It's wholesome. If you think like a Jew and you speak like a Jew, you never tell a lie and you act kindly. And you, act, and, and you do the Torah and the mitzvot. If you think and act and speak like a jew it's wholesome it takes tremendous discipline it takes tremendous awareness but it's a struggle it's a conflict we can't we're not going to delude ourselves it's no struggle because it's a constant temptation and constant distraction and we're constantly you know pulled the force of gravity constantly pulls us downwards you know our ego pulls us in a different uh, opposite direction and we have to strengthen ourselves we have that ability when things matter to us we it's mind over matter we could control ourselves we could be paragons of virtue but the tzaddik no longer has a struggle. The tzaddik has clarity in his life. It's so clear to him. It's so crystal clear to him. But the tzaddik, his subconscious is his conscious. He feels he's able to access the subconscious. He feels the power and the, the godly spark that's located at the center of our being. He feels its force. And therefore, it's no struggle for him. By definition. So how's that manifest in the day-to-day human form? Oh. That's what I mean. Okay. Well... How do, we, how it's do I know not, it's that not. he's one and you're not? Well, you know, we have a sixth sense. You know, the Jews are born with a sixth sense because deep down there's a little, tz- there's a tzaddik inside of us. Subconsciously we have it. Mm-hmm. We can't live on that level consciously because till Mashiach comes, till the Messiah comes, we're going to have to struggle. God created us in a way that it's out of our control. We, c- we can control how we behave, but we can't control our subconscious and we can't uh, change, that we shouldn't, we shouldn't even be tempted to do something wrong. That's beyond, that's not within the human control unless, unless a person is born a tzaddik, the soul of a tzaddik. The soul of a tzaddik has that ability, like Einstein. It's, it's one, one, in, one in, a, in a generation. The tzaddik has that soul, that spiritual genius that he has the capacity to evolve and to grow into a person who's no longer tempted. His godly soul is so powerful, he senses his godly soul, and it's, so, it's such a force in his life that he, ha- he has clarity. And the analogy we discussed the other week, you know, they did a test with people who suffered from addictions, and they tried to overcome their addictions uh, without any success, and, and when they were threatened with a life-threatening illness, they were able to, overnight, were able to shake off their addiction. What happened? What changed? Because suddenly, it hit them with such force, the power, the desire to, of, to live and to be healthy suddenly hit them with such force that there was no contest. The momentary pleasure of the cigarette or whatever they were addicted, what's, it, there's no contest. The pleasure, the attraction to the cigarette, or the attraction to live, it was there all along, but it's subconscious, it's buried, it's submerged, we can't access it, we don't feel its power, and therefore we live inconsistent lives. But if you were able to feel that strength and that force and that power, it would, it would change your life totally. You wouldn't even be tempted to do something wrong. Well, that's the level of a tzaddik. Deep down, we're all Jewish. A Jew is a Jew is a Jew. In moments of truth, it emerges and it hits home, it hits us in its full force. But in our everyday life, we don't access it. I'm a good Jew at heart, so what? It doesn't change us. And therefore, our lives are inconsistent. And you know, I'm proud to be Jewish. I have a, I'm a Jew at heart, but I don't live a Jewish life. I'm not. Living like a Jew, I'm not thinking like a Jew, I'm not acting like a Jew. That's the human condition. That's the immaturity. We don't make the connection. However, if we were able to feel that force and that power, then it wouldn't even be. It wouldn't. We wouldn't even be tempted to act in a in, in an unwholesome way. We'd be tempted to consistently live a life that's connected and that's and that's meaningful. So this is the level of the tzaddik. It's one or two in a generation. It's only a few in a generation. A handful. And we have that sixth sense. You know it's tzaddik when you see one. It's not just a person who behaves correctly, who behaves in a saintly way. His being is saintly. He does, he's no longer even tempted. Materialism, money, power, fame, ego has no hold on him. He's not even tempted. And the complete tzaddik is on a higher level that he's actually disgusted and repulsed by ego the whole concept of self-indulgence and money power fame actually disgusts him and he's repulsed by it's hard for us even to relate to that idea but this is the complete tzaddik because the complete tzaddik is totally dedicated to one thing his goal in life is one thing he wants to connect with the very essence of God because the complete tzaddik is clear about the truth that there's no other reality but God God is creating the world each and every moment So the entire being and essence of everything that exists is nothing other than than the divine essence. And therefore, the complete tzaddik, he he works, and he works very hard, but his entire service is dedicated to tease out that divine response. Because ultimately, anything that has human fingerprints in it, anything that is ultimately finite and limited, and that is not the purpose the ultimate purpose of creation the ultimate purpose why god created the world is is because god wanted to reveal his essence and to reveal his essence in this world in the physical world because it's in this world that god's essence is revealed the fact that they know god in heaven or in higher levels of consciousness you can you can connect with god that's not a that's a revelation of god that's like a a ray a light uh, but that's not the essence of god Where do you see the essence of God only in this material, physical world? The fact that you can transform negative into positive, bitterness into sweetness. You can take something material and you can transform it into a sacred object, a holy object. When you do a mitzvah with a physical object, with leather hide of an animal, and you write a mezuzah with it, that mezuzah actually becomes holy, not just a symbol. It actually becomes a holy, sacred object. You're not allowed to take it into certain places. You have to treat it with reverence and respect. The ability that we have to transform something negative into positive, this is not a human ability. It's not even an angelic ability. It's purely in the realm of God. Only the essence of God, since God creates the world, and the world is nothing other than the essence of God. Therefore, God could transform this physical object into a sacred and a holy object. So the tzaddik is dedicated to... Revealing the essence of God. And now this revelation could only come about if God himself stirs and God himself reveals himself. But in order for that to happen, it's a relationship. It's like a husband-wife relationship. There is, a, a get, there is a, an inspiration that comes and there's a response. It's not a mechanical event. It's a, it's, it's a two-way street. It's a relationship. So we can stir and tease a response the response is very powerful but we have a part in it because we can stir up that response we can evoke that response we can tease out that response so ultimately we need that response and the response doesn't come from us the response comes comes from 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 hashem but we can stir and evoke that response and the tzaddik is dedicated to stirring that response and by by engaging with the darkness and engaging with the negative and engaging with the material, we can evoke that response from, from God. And then when God reveals His essence, when God stirs, everything is transformed. It's not the same. This was formerly leather hide of an animal, and when you're done with the mitzvah, suddenly it becomes a holy object. It's not the same. It's a different object. The bitterness was bitterness, now the bitterness is sweetness. The negative was negative and now the negative is positive. The darkness was darkness. The darkness itself now becomes light. The sin turns into a mitzvah. This is not within the human realm. This is in the realm of God. And this is is what the tzaddik's goal is. The tzaddik's goal is to evoke that response from on high. So it's not about his own fulfillment, completion, his own accomplishments because no matter how great it is even the incomplete tzaddik reaching the highest level of human consciousness it's finite it's limited that still is not can compare to that response that stirring that comes from the very essence of reality which is god so anything less than that cannot satisfy the tzaddik this is not cannot satisfy the tzaddik the tzaddik's goal is to evoke that response within God. And the way the tzaddik evokes that response is through tremendous effort. By working and engaging in the darkness, and trying to transform the darkness, trying to transform the world, the tzaddik evokes that powerful response, and when God stirs, so to speak, from on high, then you reveal the essence of God in this world. So... This is the approach of the complete tzaddik. We discussed at the end of the last uh, the last chapter that by use the analogy of the feminine waters and the masculine waters in a relationship and the marriage in the Jewish people and God. God is the is the represents the masculine. The groom and the Jewish people represent uh, the feminine. That's why God is referred to He in the Torah, not because the Torah was written by men, but because it's a marriage. God is the groom, and the Jewish people are the bride. And when the Jewish people, especially the complete tzaddik, dedicates himself to reveal God's essence, he evokes that response, and therefore, when he does a mitzvah, the physical object itself becomes a sacred object and a holy object. So, what motivates the tzaddik? The tzaddik is not, not, is able, has such a powerful reach that the tzaddik is able to bring down, draw down the highest level of godliness into the lowest places. Unlike the incomplete tzaddik, the incomplete tzaddik could only reach that part of this world that could be changed, that could be elevated, that has the potential to connect with something spiritual. Because even the animal soul, if you dig deep down, you'll discover at the core, at the essence, it's just a neutral force, a bundle of energy, and you can turn it around, and you can elevate it and transform it. Of course, you can't compare the animal soul when it's left its own devices and the animal soul, by the time the incomplete tzaddik is through with the animal soul, it doesn't look like an animal, like a very refined, refined being. So, in a certain sense, the connection that you're making is really, is really not with the animal soul as the animal soul is on its own. It's the animal soul, you're reaching the potential that it has. By digging deep inside, you can reach and reveal the potential that it has to be elevated. But you're not really reaching the animal soul as it is on its own. The complete tzaddik, however, has the ability to connect and to reach this world as is. To take the material, just like when you do a mitzvah. When you do a mitzvah, you're taking the material object, the leather hide of the animal, as is. And by doing the mitzvah, you're transforming the object itself becomes a holy object. So it's not just you're revealing the potential that this object has, the godliness. The leather hide of an animal doesn't have such great potential. But you're actually transforming the leather hide as is, and you're transforming it, and you're revealing, you're drawing down the essence of God into this leather hide, that this leather hide becomes a vehicle for God, becomes a, a sacred object, becomes a place that God's holiness rests on this mezuzah, rests on this Torah scroll, rests on this spirit of on this mitzvah, whatever object you use for the mitzvah, that object becomes a holy object. You're actually revealing. Like God himself stirs and reveals his essence in this object. And that's the goal of the tzaddik, to evoke that powerful stirring from God, to evoke that powerful response from God. But how do you get there? It's through tremendous effort and service. So it's paradoxical, because you have to work But you realize that you work up to a point and then there's like a deliberate letting go. Then you realize that it's as much as I accomplish, I could only tease a response, stir. But ultimately, there has to be a stirring from God. And so the tzaddik works very hard, but ultimately what he's working towards and what his goal is and what he's looking for, he's not looking for that human experience, he's looking for that purely godly experience. So this is the perfect tzaddik, the complete tzaddik. Although we cannot reach this level, but nevertheless, it's an ideal, something we can aspire to. And deep down we do have a tzaddik inside of us. We have the fifth level of the soul. The Kabbalists say that there are five levels of of each and every soul. And this is the Jew within the Jew. The Jew within the Jew, we call the Penteleid. This is like the complete tzaddik within us. That's why we can relate to the tzaddik. When we see one, we respond to him because we're really looking at ourselves. Because deep down inside, subconsciously, we have this this level, this pure selflessness, this, this pure goodness, where there isn't even a trace of ego, which is totally dedicated to Hashem, And like in a marriage, in a relationship, its entire purposes, entire goal is really to evoke that powerful response from on high, from God, and to bring the essence of God into this world, into the the lowest places, to bring bring God's totality and essence into the total existence of this world, not just to serve God with the, the good and the noble, as all religions emphasize. Emphasize the positive emphasize the noble and the good and the uplifting and the wholesome but The purpose of the Jew and the purpose of the complete sudden and the ultimate purpose is To really elevate the entire world transform the entire world the good The bad and even the ugly Because it's all part of us We can't pretend if you're going to pretend that we're only the noble and we're going to ignore the other parts within us, then, in a certain sense, it's artificial. It's not real. We can create this artificial image in our imagination. We create this persona, and we can suppress or ignore or the other parts within us. But unless our entire being, the totality of our being, every part of us, is really connecting, then we are, we are less than complete. And in a certain sense, we are like compartmentalized. And, and in a certain sense, it's, 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 it's artificial in a certain sense. When do we become whole and complete? Only when every part of us, as is, is totally touched, affected, transformed, and connected. And this is the Jewish ideal. The Jewish ideal was never about escapism. Never about running away. It's easy to escape. To go to the mountaintop and meditate is very easy. To become a monk or a nun, run and hide, is very easy. To fast is very easy. To be celibate is very easy. That's not the Jewish ideal. The Jewish ideal is to engage, to deal head on, but to transform, to elevate. Engage in the world, but refine it. Elevate it. Bring godliness into this world. Elevate the world. This is the Jewish ideal. To transform the bitterness itself into sweetness. And the Hebrew word for exile is gola, which is exile. What's the Hebrew word for redemption? Geula. The same letters. The difference is one letter, aleph. The ideal is to take the goyla itself, and not to dismiss it, repress it, ignore it, transform it, inserting the olive until the very name itself is transformed into goyla. The very world itself, as is, the world as is, realistically and practically and down to earth, the earth as the world as we know it, which is not noble or refined or not be any stretch of the imagination. but the world as is, to transform the very world as is at its very core and essence, and transform the bitterness itself into darkness, the negative itself into power. The world itself should become a godly place when God's essence will stir and be revealed in this physical world as is. This is the ultimate ideal. This is the whole purpose of creation. This is why God created the angelic worlds and the mystical realms and higher levels of consciousness and the spiritual realms. The entire purpose was that God's essence should be revealed in this physical world. Because only when God's essence, when God's essence is stirred up and is revealed, only then could this physical world remain a physical world and at the same time become a godly place. Just like when you do a mitzvah. The physical item, object itself, becomes a sacred object. All other religions emphasize the heart, love, the soul, meditation, the mind. Judaism emphasizes the deed. Purpose is not the soul, the heart, the mind. That's just the means to the end. The ultimate purpose is the actual deed. Taking the physical object, taking that match on Friday before Shabbos and lighting the candles. Then you have the mitzvah. You have that sacred object. You've touched the essence of God. All the meditation in the world and all the higher levels of consciousness and all the deep mystical experiences ultimately finite and limited and don't ultimately touch the essence of God. When you physically do the mitzvah, then the essence of God stirs and is revealed and transformed, totally transforms from within, totally transforms at the very core and essence, transforms this physical object. So when this world as we know it, this physical world as we know it, which is driven by ego and motivated by ego and money, power, fame, this is what drives the world, when this world as we know it will be totally transformed at its very core and essence and will become a godly place, that's our ideal. That's the world of Mashiach. Not that we're all going to go to heaven or we're all going to become otherworldly saints, or, but the world as we know it will remain. A world, a natural world, a physical world, a material world, and at the same time, God's essence will stir and be revealed, and then it will totally transform it. This physical world will become an abode, a home, a place that God feels at home, and God's essence is revealed. This is the drive. This is the motivation of the complete tzaddik. This is the ultimate motivation of a Jew, whether we know it or not. Deep down, this is our ultimate drive. We think that we, what motivates us because we want to be spiritual, we want to be, uh, we want to achieve higher levels of consciousness, and we want to connect. But underneath all of that, our genuine, most genuine motivation, our deepest motivation, whether we're aware of it or not, is the motivation of the complete tzaddi. It's selfless, a selfless motivation. It's because we have a love relationship with God, we have a marriage with God, and therefore we want to stir up, evoke that powerful response from God. So we do our share. We do the best that we can. We engage in the world, we do the mitzvah exactly as God wants us, and ultimately, that evokes this powerful response this powerful stirring from god himself and that we're able to bring god's essence into this world this is what drives a Jew ultimately that's why we spend this time reading about the tzaddik you can ask yourself we're talking about such a lofty level we're talking about one or two in every generation what's really what connection do we have we're struggling with the self-discipline we're struggling with the abc's with alibes with the most basics you know we still have to struggle with the junk food and the drunk lifestyle and most of us have not uh, overcome it and and here we're talking about the tzaddik who's not even who's not even tempted to a uh, drunk lifestyle and, and, and then the complete tzaddik the perfect tzaddik is totally selfless and is able to transform negative into positive and is totally selfless as he has one thing in mind and that is to, um, to bring Hashem essence into this world but the reason we discuss this is because deep down this is who we, we are When Mashiach will come this truth will emerge this truth will surface right now it's subconscious it's buried it's submerged it's hidden some of us, it's too hidden. But, Mashiach will come, it will all emerge and surface. It's there. If there's one tzaddik in the world, it's like in fashion. You know, we know the cutting edge eventually reaches everyone. It may take some places. It may take 10, 20, 30 years. But eventually, it trickles down. It'll trickle down. So, the fact that there's one person, one complete tzaddik, on the soul level, we're all connected. That means, ultimately, we'll all be in that level. Not today, but in the future, Mashiach will come. That's why it gives us faith and optimism in the the human... It gives us hope. Because as decadent as things appear to be and as negative as things appear to be, the fact that there's one tzaddik who has that ability to totally transform the negative into positive, the bitterness into sweetness, this tells us that on some level, deep down, we all have that potential. And just a matter of time, before this potential will emerge and surface. That's why we're confident in the coming of Mashiach. We're confident that there'll be a core transformation and that this physical world as we know it will remain totally natural and it's totally practical, totally down to earth we're not all going to become saints and otherworldly angelic beings and at the same time this world will become a totally godly place where the very essence of God is totally revealed because God there will be a stirring from within God himself as a response to our teasing and evoking through our effort. And of course, the response is much more powerful than the effort. because The effort, since we're finite, so we can just tease, we can... But if we try a little, it says all God asks from us is just to lift our pinky. If we lift our pinky, God will do the rest. He's not asking a lot from us. We just show a little effort, the slightest effort. And that's why it says, Hashem it says, asks us open, make an opening like the hole of a pin. A needle. The tiniest opening. And I will make an opening like the opening of the temple, which was 60 feet wide. <laughs> so our opening is as big as, as a pinhole. needle hole. Top of the needle. And God's opening, God's response is... There's no comparison, because that's all God asks from us. We are finite, but if we do our best, we just lift our pinky, we just try, make a little effort, a little genuine, but it has to be like a hole. A hole is through and through. Pinhole is through and through. It has to be genuine. If you mean it, and you're trying your best, the slightest effort evokes such a powerful response. And then we have the best of both worlds. We have human effort and at the same time we have God's response which is so much more powerful. So this is the life of the tzaddik. This is the inner life of the complete tzaddik. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at lessonsintanya.com